Welcome to the Zeno Podcast, where we talk about how we shape stories and how they shape us. Today, we've got Dr. Daniel Henderson here from the musical department. Hi there. Hi. Dr. Henderson is a professor of music at BYU Hawaii, and he also teaches a composition and songwriting class. That's right. So could you tell us a little bit about your teaching experience and how you ended up at BYU Hawaii? This is the end of my second year here. Extremely happy here. What what an amazing place. Uh, My family's very happy here. It's a big change for us. We moved from Boston, Massachusetts. That's where all four of our kids were born. Um, So like a fundamental lifestyle change for the kids from big city downtown Boston kids riding the subway and uh, to to coming to Laie where kids (laughs) just kind of rule the streets on their (laughs) scooters and skateboards. And you just kind of shout when it's dinner time. And they'll come <laughs> home because they hear you somewhere. Uh, but uh, for me, it's it's a new challenge, and uh, I'm very happy uh, with this new challenge. Uh, my first teaching job was at a conservatory, so that's like the sort of elite performance level musicians uh, who don't necessarily have strong academic skills, but uh, but are obsessed with uh, with performance. Uh, after that, it was off to Harvard uh, after I finished my doctorate um, to go teach uh, mostly non-music majors. Uh, but, I mean, brilliant students, people who think really well and who learn really fast. Um, but, uh, but non-music majors, um, so that, that presented a new challenge. And now uh, it's sort of the uh, multicultural uh, challenge for me where students come not only from different cultural backgrounds and different language backgrounds but also different you know wildly different musical backgrounds Uh, some people might be very accomplished musicians in one tradition and then uh, come into the classroom or or a band and and feel completely out of place or overwhelmed and and vice versa we might hear some of our students and just marvel at what they can do Mm -hmm. and and their their talents and their really unique instruments but we have to learn to speak the same language and work together, and it's been really rewarding for me so far. Awesome. I feel like it would be really interesting moving from you know a city to a place like here, and not just a small town, but also like such a culturally diverse place. Where I mean, there's lots of like reggae and like lots of like island style music around. And then I don't know how the city was, but like, did you see like general trends that were like city music or just hmm. like versus? Like the small well, that, town that's, music? That's a good question. I, I, I came from Boston, and Boston is, a, is an extremely musical city, mostly because uh, two of the most famous music schools in the world are there with New England Conservatory and Berklee College of Music. And so every year you have thousands of graduates uh, coming out of those elite music programs, and then many of them just staying there hoping to get gigs and perform. So there's live music all over the place and jam sessions, um, uh, it's it's a fairly sort of like avant-garde music scene sometimes too in, in that people really push the stylistic boundaries and uh, really challenge one another to do things that haven't ever been done before. Um, so that was sort of the like musical vibe that I was, was a part of there. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was just not going to be so much a part of my life here. You know, there are very few <laughs> jazz musicians in Lightyear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and there's no like you know daily nightly jam session that'll go <laughs> till 3 a.m. Uh, but uh, but I have these you know amazing students at this incredible place to be. So yeah, yeah just new challenges and and uh, yeah, trying to trying to be the very best fit for for this community and what they need. Yeah.
and you were also telling us you love birds and bird watching. So oh. we're going to ask you about that. Yeah, I'm kind of an obsessive bird watcher. I, I got yeah. into this probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I took in my in my undergrad days, you could actually take a bird watching class and have it count for your GEs. This was at BYU oh, Provo. Cool. So I took that and I got casually into bird watching. <laughs> I primarily took it because it seemed a lot easier than the like chemistry and physics <laughs> yes. electives. And, bird watching counted was for it? science. Was it more like, was it easier? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for me, it was <laughs> yeah. like, the, you had to like go out for 60 hours and watch birds, you know, so, and make wow. observations, wow. So, yeah. rather than That's sitting there in, hours. in the lab or something, you know, that was my kind of, was my, you know, yeah. nature is your lab. Right. But, uh, but yeah, about maybe four years ago, I, I something just kind of switched on in me and I, and I began to just love bird watching. Um, you know, Boston has a long winter, and that's kind of frustrating. You can you can bird watch in the winter because migrating birds come through. But mm-hmm. uh, spring through fall, as many mornings mm-hmm. as I could, I'd be up at about 4 a.m. Wow! And uh, be off into the woods somewhere deep into the woods or mm-hmm. some swamp. And uh, you know, the sun will rise somewhere around 4:30, 4:45, mm-hmm. and I'm already out in the middle of the woods. Wow! And that's Jeez. when the birds Cold. and nature is most active. And it's just you and the deer and the raccoons. And, the, and all the birds waking up. And so the sound is incredible. Just yeah. sit there and listen. Um, m- maybe people don't realize that, but it, the more you get into bird watching, the less it's about watching, the more it's about listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like to just stand in the middle of the woods. You know, I could stay in the same spot for an hour. Just me. Mm-hmm. Occasional deer passing by. And just listen to the birds as they're coming in and out of my area. and. And once you're able to identify them all by song or their little calls to each other, you know, then it's amazing. And I have a notebook out and I keep track of every single bird that I see and then go write it in my online logs and keep track of exactly how many times I've seen each species and where I saw them and what date and what they were doing. How do you keep track of calls? Like the, can you write it out in like English syllables enough? Like, can it, is yeah. it like a close equivalent? <laughs> yeah, you can. If you buy a, like a bird identification guide, they'll have mm-hmm. some kind of a written version of, of their call like along the with a description. Kind of a yeah, thing. it'll say like, a high pitched or something like that, you know, with a descending ooh at the end, you know. But there's no substitute for just listening to it live. Like, I'll read the book descriptions and you can listen to. Uh, recordings online and I do that obsessively too especially during the winter months so that Mm -hmm. I can be ready for the spring (laughs) (laughs) or I know that this bird is going to migrate through here next week I got to be ready you know I got to know all their sounds and so so then you 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 hear the sounds you you can see the species and and watch watch them for a while and say ah that's the call Um, and it makes it exciting because you can go deep in the woods and know that there are some really rare birds here and you just stand there for an hour and listen and after 45 minutes there it was, <laughs> way up there in the tree. So, so you go trekking over there with your binoculars, look up in the tree wow. until you can finally find it. There it is, this beautiful rare bird, you know, that only a couple of people will see per year in this mm-hmm. state, you know. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's part of what appeals to me. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole brain and whole soul exercise. You know, some people say, is it just relaxing? <laughs> you know, it must just be so relaxing. It's kind of the yeah. opposite. It's really hyper-stimulating. Mm-hmm. Exhilarating. Thing. Yeah. Oh. And then so there's... A whole like group of different birds here in Lafayette, right? Then Boston. I mean, oh yeah, like where do you different. go listen to birds here? Just in, at the beach? Is there anything? Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing like it here. I mean, like most of the birds on this island, you can find in the neighborhood. You can get up high, high, high in the mountains. Um, 
down by uh, Honolulu or over on the west side, and you can see some of the endemic species, which we just don't have on this whole part of the island. But for the most part, all the birds are here in the neighborhood, so there's no 4 a.m. trekking out into the woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just, I mean, Waimea Valley and uh, uh, the James Campbell Wildlife Refuge mm -hmm. each have some a little more unusual species, but uh, bird watching is really easy here, and mm -hmm. it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I want it to be harder. <laughs> I want a challenge. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, every day pretty much I wake up to chickens. Just yeah, <laughs> and you get the just chickens, the yeah. chickens, so chickens alone. Huh? I know they're, they're called very well. Yes, <laughs> well, the rooster call. So does all of this bird watching, like, does it have an effect on your music, or is this something completely separate that you like to do? Yeah, you know, I think it does. I mean, there's a composer named Maria Schneider, who's a, a very famous, well-respected jazz composer right now. And she mm -hmm. actually, she, she's also an obsessive bird watcher, and we've been bird watching together, um, which is amazing. But she she actually puts bird bird calls directly into her music sometimes. Really? These will be directly inspired by a bird song or even have bird sounds, wow. uh, recordings even, or musicians imitating those bird calls. I haven't really done that. Mm -hmm. But uh, one thing that I, I know affects my, uh, my artistic output and my creativity is the degree to which I'm feeling wonder and awe about mm -hmm. the world. And if I don't feel wonder and awe, I don't feel like creating. Yeah. I think because I, I part of the way I conceive my role as a creative artist is like trying to help people see and enjoy the the beauty and wonder that's all around in the world mm -hmm. in people in animals in nature uh, all, all over and so uh, doing something like bird watching uh, really keeps my kind of keeps my soul open and keeps me excited and then when I sit down to create mm -hmm. uh, I'm alive awesome yeah so we're gonna talk about an original song that you wrote, and it's about Nigel the bird, right? Yeah. Nigel, <laughs> is that right? His okay. name is Nigel. Yeah. yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. What? Okay, so uh, there's this brand new song cycle that I've been okay. writing right now. Mm -hmm. A song cycle is a group of songs all composed by the same person uh, that are that's, are centered around a single theme mm -hmm. of some kind. Yeah. And... Uh, when I was teaching songwriting here at BYU Hawaii last uh, last year, we uh, we studied one Beatles piece called "She's Leaving Home" mm -hmm. from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album, and uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney later explained that they wrote this piece uh, in response to a news article. This this uh, young woman's face was on the cover of the newspaper in London mm -hmm. uh, because she had run away from home and she'd been missing for weeks, oh, wow. and the parents kind of wanted her wanted her back and mm -hmm. and uh, just get her face out there and see what happens. And uh, it, there were some really quirky elements of the story, and the parents, the, the whole family relationship seemed kind of strange. And so Lennon and McCartney said, "What's the story there? What if yeah. we told this through music?" Yeah. And so they created like a dialogue that, that happened in the home and mm -hmm. they created reasons for why she left home and where she went. Uh, and it's, it's one of their most moving, beautiful songs. I think any Beatles fan would, would agree with that. Yeah. All, all springing from this newspaper article. And so uh, when I was teaching that song, I decided to do the same thing for my class just to show how it would happen today. Yeah. And it happened to be the day that this news article came out about the two women who got lost at sea. 
uh, and maybe some maybe you've read it or some of the listeners have read it but these two women reported that they left from Honolulu mm -hmm. uh, with the aim to go to Tahiti oh, just wow. the two of them on their big boat yeah and uh, long story short five months later they were spotted and rescued by a fishing boat off the coast of Japan mm -hmm. wow. where wow. they said that everything <laughs> on the journey that could go wrong basically had gone wrong wow. Except and they, they were just, <laughs> and, except they were alive. They were alive. Uh, and, and, and four or 5,000 miles off course for, uh, as yeah, from, from where they wanted to be. So they'd just been drifting. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, there was this line in there where the, the, one of the, sis, the sister of one of the women who was rescued says, and so she's just been drifting, drifting with the currents, or drifting with the currents. Mm -hmm. And I thought she should have said drifting with the currents of the sea because it sounded more musical. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I took that and I, and I wrote a, a, a piece of a song and brought it into my class. Mm -hmm. And uh, that song is now complete, uh, but I didn't want to stop there. I, I right. said, okay, let's keep this thing rolling. And uh, just last week, we had a concert on campus uh, for the faculty a group called Cross Current, mm -hmm. and we premiered four of my pieces that are part of this song cycle. Awesome. And as you say, one of them is about a bird, Yeah. which I guess shouldn't surprise anybody that knows me. <laughs> but this is, a, this is the story of a bird that was named Nigel. And uh, I know you have in front of you the story from the New York Times uh, and the Washington Post and National Geographic. They all wrote about it. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. But uh, off the coast of New Zealand, uh, conservationists had built a sanctuary island for seabirds where no seabirds had been for 40 years. But it had now become a safe sanctuary. No predators, no disease. Mm -hmm. Birds, you need to come and nest here because where you're nesting is unsafe. Yeah. In order to attract the birds, they had to build decoy birds out of concrete and paint them to look like real birds. The bird was called a gannet. That's the species. It's, a, it's an elegant, large, white bird with a golden neck and a long bill. And they live primarily out at sea and on, on like islands way out in the sea. Mm -hmm. So for several years, they tried to attract birds and none came. But finally, the day came when one bird landed on the island and they looked out there and they saw this one bird checking out the other birds and they were sad it was only one because yeah. obviously he won't stay you know but hopefully that's Aww. the beginning of new things but anyways <laughs> he stayed yeah and he went and got to know these concrete birds checked them all out <laughs> and one of these birds painted like a female mm -hmm. he fell in love Oh, and, and he he started <laughs> making his little cooing calls and rubbing Aww. his neck up against her and and singing to her, bringing her food. He would go he would go catch some food from the water and bring her food and sleep next to her every night. And he did that <laughs> every day sad. and every night for four years wow. until wow. he finally died all alone. Oh my gosh! So no other birds came. No other time. birds came. Interestingly, right at the end of Nigel's life, new mm -hmm. birds started to come. Wow. And it seems that this, this island may be a success, but, n but Nigel never had other interactions with birds. It was wow. always just him and his concrete bird. Wow. And it was so moving to me. Like, you might just say, oh, what a stupid bird. You know, <laughs> couldn't he figure out this bird is concrete? You know, but there's something so human about it, about human relationships. You know, I bet everybody listening can think of a relationship that's maybe like that, you know, yeah. loving you and not getting anything back. Uh, it, from Nigel's perspective, so I, I thought I got to write a song. But the the more I got into uh, writing lyrics and getting ideas, I decided I don't want to write a song from Nigel's perspective. I want to write a song from the perspective of the concrete bird, 
mm-hmm. because I don't feel like Nigel. Uh, and maybe it's a more interesting story to sing it from the concrete bird's perspective. What does the concrete bird feel if it can feel? It feels anxious and worried because this visiting bird, this real bird, thinks it's something that it's not. And it chose the concrete bird based on a misconception that that bird was just perfect for what, for what he needed. And so how many of us feel like that in relationships where over time our flaws start to show? And we're worried that the person who chose us will say, okay, I'm, I'm out, bailing out because wow. you're not who I thought you were. Uh, I'm, I now see there are imperfections here that I didn't sign up for. And that feels more vulnerable and more human yeah. to, to me. Uh, so I want to play for you the song. Yeah, yeah we love that. That's yeah. awesome. So I'll play for you the... Uh, I'll play for you the piano part and sing along with it. Awesome. This is the song about Nigel. Nigel the lonely bird. And I thought, oh, what if that is us? What if that is you and me? What if I end up never becoming trying to be the day you told me yes you said I had a heart of gold but now the concrete round the edges is shown as I grow old now I know in marriage over time your flaws all show you can't come off as perfect anymore so here I stand in my total imperfection hoping you'll have room inside your heart to love the way you used to love before so please be patient please be kind I'm broken but you have my heart my soul and mind I know that love can heal This old concrete bird is pleading, don't leave me behind, don't leave me behind. This is good. Yeah, thank you. Who would have thought, like, a super romantic song about a bird, a concrete bird? Yeah, it's like this kind of (laughs) R&B, sultry love song, you know, uh, so, but he's also extremely vulnerable mm-hmm. and anxious uh, and uh, le- le- so I, I kind of applied it to marriage you know he says now I know in marriage over time your flaws all show you can't come off as perfect anymore so here I stand in my total imperfection hoping you have room inside your heart to love me like you used to love before yeah. you know, that's kind of the message and then pleading for patience and please don't leave me behind oh, so sweet about a lonely bird like I don't know it's so creative and like, I love how you take these stories that don't really, like, they're passing by. You know, you kind of don't think about them, and you create something completely new. So that's awesome. Yeah, you know, that's part of, I think, why I, why I do it is because yeah. there, uh, when you say, like, songs from the news, 
I, I'm guessing that most people assume that I'm going to be singing about whatever political scandal mm -hmm. is in the news today. Because if you pull up a yeah. news website or a news channel, that's what it's going to be about. But there are all these incredible things happening in the world right now. Discoveries, stories, amazing people that might make a headline for a second and then they're gone while we focus yeah. on the latest scandal. Yeah. But these are things that deserve to stay uh, in front of us. And, and I suppose this, this songwriting is my way of doing it, just saying mm -hmm. this, is, this is a real story, this is a story that has real um, importance and applicability for our, our human relationships. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's kind of remember it one more time. That's awesome. There's one more song. Can I play for you that yeah, goes absolutely. with this? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So uh, I, um, I've, as I was writing this, I kind of felt like I took on the character of, of this of this bird, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I, I myself felt really anxious and vulnerable and worried, mm -hmm. and uh, I suppose that's probably some something I worry about in life sometimes. Like I, I want to be perfect. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I want to be the perfect professor. I want to be the perfect husband. I want to be the perfect dad. I want to be the perfect neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I just can't do any of them. And so that, that's a lot of anxiety. So then I, I thought, what if she, this other bird, this real bird, mm -hmm. sang a song to reassure me mm -hmm. uh, about how she feels? Wouldn't that be nice? So that that song just doesn't leave there. It's not left there hanging. Uh, so then I wrote this song uh, in response to it, and it's called My Silent Bird. So it's sung uh, from the perspective of this, this, uh, this other female bird that comes and is singing to reassure me. Mm -hmm. um, so this is how it goes. So there's my silent bird. Yeah. It's beautiful. So now I can feel better. Yes. Was that from the perspective of the other bird? Yeah. So in the real story, Nigel is the male and the concrete is the female. But since I'm the male, I decided that I'm the concrete bird. 
and so that's sung from her perspective, the real bird. Mm -hmm. So he's so full of anxiety that she's going to leave once she dis now that she has discovered. Probably, I mean, I would assume any bird at some point would discover. <laughs> Wait you know, a second! It's been three and a half years. You haven't <laughs> made eye contact with me yet. You know what's up? <laughs> but uh, but that um, he he he's so full of of, of anxiety and, and worry since his flaws are showing and, and his inabilities that uh, she needs to reassure him. But also, it kind of surprised me write, writing these lyrics that there's some new there, there's some new kind of surprise that comes out in her song. So she says, uh, "I love you, my silent bird, and surely I always will." But then she says, "But when my breath fails me and I sleep, remember this is true. My heart will mm -hmm. always be here with you." Mm -hmm. So then we remember, "Oh, she is actually gonna die at some point, um, and he won't." And so, so that's some new like wrinkle in the relationship as well. He's maybe mm -hmm. been so worried about his, his own imperfections and something that uh, he'd forgotten that moment. But she wants to reassure him that I'm here forever, you know, and even when I'm gone, my heart will still be here. So, uh, so yeah, I like to think that I, I was able to come up with this like beautiful window into human relationships through the story of a bird. <laughs> a lonely uh, bird. A lonely bird on an island. <laughs> like, <know>. whoa. <laughs> it's so deep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do you so ever run this past your wife and she's like, this is awesome. Like, what's her background in music or does she just enjoy listening to you? Um, she likes to tell people that she thought she was musical till she met me. <laughs> um, no, she, she played clarinet okay. uh, and a little bit of piano through mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. Uh, and she, she likes to sing. She likes to sing hymns and yeah. things. Um, but uh, she, she does actually teach music classes for little kids, like toddlers. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I think she's actually got a really nice voice and a great ear. She's mm -hmm. actually been a, a very helpful critic for me. When I mean, everybody yeah. needs kind of a, a trusted <laughs> critic. Yeah. And she's been that for me sometimes. I'll listen to part of my piece and just say, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, Not I guess. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm so inside my composer brain and yeah. busy sometimes compo composing music for other composers. Because I know they're going to hear it and say, whoa! Yeah. And then I'll play something for Michelle, and she's like, eh, lame. <laughs> okay. It brings you right back to her. <laughs> she keeps uh, you real. Yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. But she, she does like my music, and I think she likes these songs, too. Good, she, yeah. She likes the performance. They're clever. Yeah, I like what you were saying about the how you're taking a news piece, and then you're making it musical. It makes it more long-lasting, because news is so, like, fleeting. Everything is just, like, yeah. to get, you know, clicks. All Everything's so, like, oh... Like, check out what happened here, and everything's kind of, like, skewed. This seems just like a very, it's like, honest story about this bird. <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's really taking an angle. I mean, I guess you're kind of shaping that and kind of emphasizing it, but it's not really, I mean, you don't have, like, an agenda. You know, you're just trying to, like, oh. talk about human experience. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, just honest human experience, putting it out in song, you know. Uh, hoping to give, like, a window inside people's hearts. You know, I, I hope that people can hear either of these songs and it resonates, you know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I noticed in the concert on Saturday that for, during each of these songs, there were a variety of audience members in tears, which was amazing to me. Yeah. Um, you can only sort of see like the glisten because it's dark, <laughs> but you can <laughs> see eyeballs say. out there and then all of a sudden this glisten right below it running <laughs> down the cheek, you know, <laughs> and people have told me that too. P people have said that about either of these songs. People will say like the Nigel one just moved me so much. Yeah. It resonated with me. And, and same with the, the Silent Bird song, you know, like uh, not not just because it's a beautiful song, but 
there's something so true about it, you know. That's so amazing. And I mean, birds, I mean, do you think anything is really going on in like the bird's mind? Like, do you think it's a, actually a complex being or do you think that we can just like, we can see meaning in really whatever? You know, that's a, that's a really interesting and fascinating question because um, uh, frequently we're told like in school growing up that the thing that sets humans apart from the rest of the, the world is, is our brain and our, our ability to think and, and plan and learn and everything like that. But the, uh, being a casual ornithologist or, or an ornithology fan, I'm not an ornithologist, but a fan of ornithology, I like to read a lot of articles. Uh, it seems like uh, there's this like new wave of like real serious scientists uh, discovering that animals and, and plants actually are far more complex and far more wise than we ever thought. Um, you know the, the the way that they harmonize with the rest of nature and the, the way that they communicate with each other, and uh, it, it's really kind of marvelous. So. Um, while I do believe that, that humans have certain intellectual skills that the rest of nature doesn't, I think there's way, way, way more going on in, inside the brains and hearts of these animals than, than we probably even could dream up right now. So I'd like to think that, uh, <laughs> that there's some, some real scientific truth yes. <laughs> behind, the, behind the bird songs. Yeah, there's something like that in there. It's cool. Awesome. Any update on uh, the new the new birds on the island? I mean, how have they been treating the, the concrete <laughs> birds? Has anybody fell in love again? Hey, we have decoy <laughs> birds here in town, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, do you know about this? No, I had no idea. At, I went and visited them a few weeks ago. Where are at, they? At James Campbell Wildlife Refuge. Oh, just, You know where the shrimp trucks are? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, if, if you drive down there by Kuhuku Farms and everything, there's the, the entrance to the James Campbell Wildlife Refuge. Mm-hmm. You can sign up for a tour for part of the year, you can. Mm-hmm. You can sign up for a tour on Saturday morning and go see birds and uh, other stuff they've got going on there and we went on this special tour to go see the albatross chicks yeah. that they have out there right now yeah and in order to lure lure more uh more albatrosses to the island along with a few of the other species of bird that they have there on this sanctuary mm-hmm. they've had to set up decoy birds <laughs> i checked theirs are made of plastic oh okay. so, they, so we don't have actual concrete birds here <laughs> but they are they are painted to look exactly like real birds and they broadcast uh, sounds as well, songs and, and chatter okay. from the birds so that others know it's true. So yeah, it's happening wow. right here in our neighborhood. Wow. So Jeez. interesting. I know. Have anything else you want to add? How about one more song? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, any song. So th- this uh, this next song is called LiDAR Eyes. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the technology called LiDAR. It's called light detection and ranging. And it's kind of like radar or echolocation in bats. You know how like bats are blind, but they can bounce little sounds. Oh, off yeah, of this, yeah. off of they, they just put those sounds out and they bounce back and they can sort of see in their mind what's there. That's how they can catch a moth out of thin air in, in pure blackness without you know functioning eyes. And um, but there's this technology called lidar, which you can beam into the ground and it bounces back and shows you what's beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. The Mayan archaeological team uh, uh, decided to use lidar on the 800 square mile area that they have been studying forever. So uh, for more than 100 years, archeologists have been digging to try to uh, map out the ancient Mayan civilization. Mm -hmm. And after 100 years and so many people working on it, it felt like they had a pretty good sense for 
who the Mayans really were and how big they were and what they had and what they didn't have. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they expected that they would make other certain discoveries through LIDAR, uh, things that they weren't able to find but suspected were there. Mm -hmm. Well, when the imaging came back from LIDAR, which they do from up in a helicopter up in the sky, mm -hmm. They said this, so the lead, the, lead science, the lead explorer on the team says, it really blew our minds. So that's in the headline <laughs> to the New York Times. New York oh, yeah. Times headline says it there blew our no minds. There were no words other than it blew our minds. Yeah, so they watched as this, this Mayan civilization <laughs> unfolded oh, on, the, on the screen in front of them, and it was far more interconnected and sophisticated and, and vast and technologically savvy wow. than, they, than they ever expected perhaps three times as many people as they had uh, expected there were in the Mayan civilization. Giant fortresses, raised highways over big, huge swamplands so that even during the floody seasons, those highways are there. Giant agricultural um, production facilities where they could feed hundreds of thousands of people and transport the goods and services, or goods and whatever, all around the highways. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and so really their work was just beginning. Wow. It's just wow. beginning now to uncover these things. Yeah. So it was, it's since been buried or what happened? So the Mayan civilization uh, finally folded about a thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. And now it's buried. So some things have been uncovered and some things stayed un uncovered. Like some, if you see these Central American temple pictures, you know, yeah. with big huge stairs and everything, mm -hmm. a lot of those are Mayan. Uh, but so much of it is buried underneath the ground. And like then the deep, LIDAR deep can... Down the, the LIDAR can show it. And so this one archaeologist who's been digging in this one area for a few decades on this hillside said he felt like he basically had a grip for what was under there. And the only thing he got wrong was that it wasn't a hillside at all that he'd been working on for decades. It was a seven-story pyramid. <laughs> oh, my God. He was just cleaning it off, and he's like, these look like stairs. No, he, he hadn't even reached the stone yet. <laughs> oh, but my so gosh. So it was a hillside, but buried deep down under there was this huge pyramid. Oh, my That's goodness. crazy. And so they, these articles in the New York Times and National Geographic and elsewhere show the photographs of what you see now, like a, a jungly hillside. And then it shows it with the LIDAR imposed on it, and there's this giant pyramid under it, oh and these goodness. homes and structures and tombs and fortresses. So it goes um, through the dirt and the sod or whatever. Yeah, it goes through, goes through, through the wow. forest canopy, through the dirt and everything, and then bounces off wow. like basically stone or metal. Okay. It will bounce back so you can see. <laughs> like, so in this area, there were 60,000 homes that they didn't even know about. Wow. Um, wow. And, um, and all kinds of other stuff. So then, oh, so then yeah. this being my song cycle about human relationships, mm -hmm. I say, what if we could look at each other through LIDAR eyes? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Right, so we, we look at one another and we make assumptions after a short amount of time, and maybe we dig a little bit and, and say, okay, that's this person, you know, and, yeah. and there's, you know, there's not much more to them. But if we could actually see each other through LIDAR eyes, I suspect we would all look at each other and say, there's, there's so much more there that I never even supposed. Um, you know, just in, in, incredible things that, that I can't see with my eyes or I can't, couldn't access with my form of conversation or my way of interacting with you. Yeah. And you sort of see how divine each other are and how, how much more mysterious and amazing we are. Wow. Uh, so this song has a lot of lyrics. It has two verses. The first one actually tells the news story. Okay. Uh, so I, I tried to tell the whole story of the LIDAR and the archaeologists and everything mm -hmm. uh, in, in verse one. And then in verse two is the human application okay. of the thing. So the verse one starts off, deep in the jungle is the opening line. And then verse two starts off, Life is a jungle. 
Uh, and we talk about awesome. how life is a jungle and how we need to see each other. Uh, now this one's the hardest one, and since piano is not my main instrument, I'll probably make a, a few really fun mistakes. <laughs> That's okay. So just uh, bear with me. <laughs> we probably won't even and, notice. And trying to sing at the same time uh, some really no, fast words. It's so we'll awesome. Goes, but uh, but this is okay. So with this one, you got to picture some jungle drums. Right, that's our groove. And it's got to be in a minor key because it's this mysterious jungle. So we're in A minor. Okay, can you picture the jungle drums? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got Okay, it. good. So here we go. It goes, uh, I'll start it off with this. Deep in the jungle, archaeologists were digging, trying to map the ancient Mayans neath the ground. They drew conclusions, having dug 100 years, they asked, has everything there is to find been found? But then, but, uh, ah, sorry, this is the hard part. But, uh, but now something new, when they beam light up from the sky, way up high, they realize their work was only just beginning. Archaeologists dream and this wonders were hidden below. There were 60,000 homes and, uh, okay, hold on, here we go. There were 60,000 homes and tombs raised highways across the humid lowlands. Palaces and structures of all kinds. Agriculture for the masses, millions more than they'd supposed. Explorers said it really blew our minds. minds. When they looked at the world through light through light our eyes it through light our eyes it came alive now verse two life is a jungle though we try to make connections life gets tangled up and hearts are torn apart we're posting pictures, sharing stories, and try to reach out, but it really doesn't show us at the heart. So let's try. Ah, this is the hard part. Okay, so here we go. Uh, so let's try something new, new. Let's all agree that when we see through mortal eyes, we ought to realize we're so much more than what we see. Cause deep down inside there are things that we hide They're the deep parts of you and of me There are heartaches, hidden dis uh, disappointments Struggles that, uh, <laughs> struggles that the eye can't see Talk about struggles that the eye can't see And broken heart, uh, bro broken hearts in silence Who need friends? Brilliant minds, they're shy, uh, shy Shy keep hidden achievements that we fail to see And soulful depths where we once saw dead ends Each other through light our eyes, but you get to go and get to get to get to go, but you get that through light our eyes. We shine light our eyes, but you get to go and but you get to get to get bomb 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 through uh through light our eyes. We're
Wow. Wow, that one's so fun. I like how you have all the, <laughs> the parts down. <laughs> Got all your percussion. Yeah, I'm yes. trying to I'm <laughs> trying to play things. piano and, and percussion and <laughs> lyrics and singing all at the same and time when I'm really things, just a trumpet like... player. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the hardest song. But luckily, that's what you have other musicians for, yeah. uh, is to, to throw oh, this in front of amazing. them and just let me handle the singing and the trumpet playing. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Like, it's just so in-depth that you take these little stories. I'm just very impressed. What's your process? Do you, like, search for these stories? Are they just things that come across your radar? Or um, do you have a beat in your head? My LiDAR. Like, come across my LiDAR. Your LiDAR, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that, like, what's your process? Uh, I mean, I, I read the news mm -hmm. some, not not obsessively, but, yeah. but, but I do some. And... Um, uh, a lot of it is just stuff you just kind of want to skip through because it's just like the daily junk. Yeah. And uh, you want to get to the the part where humanity is actually really cool. Yeah. And and that's usually further on into the news. So some people actually read real newspapers, and I like <laughs> to do that as as much as I can. But then sometimes online news as well. And. Uh, just like you, you can have, if you're interested in a certain subject, you can ask for a news alert, like from Google News, yeah. you know, archaeology. Yeah, there's an archaeological discovery, Birds. boom. Birds, <laughs> Birds, ornithology, whatever, you know, so I have all those yeah. and more. And uh, and so I get kind of alerted to some of the some of the more interesting stories in, in some of the interesting fields that are outside of, you know, regular political or world news. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, I try to read in that way, like sometimes the purpose of the news feels like it's to rile us up, mm -hmm. you know, and get us going, oh, ah, you know, yeah. scare us into political <laughs> action or something. But uh, I, I try to get in the mindset of just like feeling wonder and awe. What's what's gonna? What is the most wonderful thing that that's out there right now? You know, the the, the biggest new news story, and I'll and I'll and I'll go go read about that, and then just enjoy it. Yeah. And just just allow myself some time to just say, what a marvelous thing this is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and then from there, if if it's something that really appeals to me or, or strikes a chord mm -hmm. in me, uh, I'll I'll print it out. Or make a photocopy of it, yeah, and put it in a notebook. So, uh, so I keep a notebook of stories. I have more stories in my notebook right now that could yeah. be songs. Awesome. And uh, but other times, sometimes it'll come to me like right away, uh, like right, right when I read it. It's like, oh, here's yeah. here's this line. Like someone will say something, and that comes across as really musical. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I, I do that, wow. and uh, I keep a lyric notebook mm -hmm. where I write lyrics, and then I have. A, uh, a music notebook where I actually write down all the notes and everything. Mm -hmm. wow. I just think it's interesting. I'm taking this class actually that uh, we have to analyze a certain news story um, from at least three different news sources and like see how they like shift everything and yeah, it's always nice. so interesting how like it really exposes like when you look at them side by side like how the headlines are different all the quotes are like selected differently and the way that people will take the same facts to mean like drastically different things. Um, I don't know, it's just so weird. And like you're saying, it's like, it divides everybody, but like this seems like a really positive spin on the news. These yeah, are probably the stories refreshing. that you wouldn't expect to, to read all that differently from one newspaper to the next. Yeah. Whether it's extreme conservative or extreme liberal, they'll all probably want to say the same thing. Speak in a different voice, because um, each, each newspaper kind of has its own voice that its readers are, are comfortable with and certain kind of language that they're accustomed to and that they can handle. Um, but yeah, these are the stories that are not uh, there to divide. Yeah. But rather, you know, you, we all kind of unite and, 
I'm just like, I, I never thought like Mayan archaeology was cool before. Yeah. And now I do. I'm like, go <laughs> Let's uncover this thing! Yeah, you know, and, uh, and it doesn't matter what my political or religious persuasions are or anything like that. It's just like, awesome. I heard about this story that you might be interested in writing a song about, but um, it was from like 1970. I, somebody showed me this video, but there was this whale that beached, uh, got beached in Oregon, and it was going to die, and then it did die, so um, they didn't want it to like infect the water or something so they needed to like break up the whale into multiple pieces so mm -hmm. what they ended up doing was like loading the whale with dynamite and they like blew up the whale wow. like on the beach and it's the craziest video if you look up like organ oh. organ whale <laughs> dynamite from like 1970 is one of the most interesting like news stories I've ever seen because you just see like a whale blow up basically and then like chunks fly and like destroy property and stuff wow. there's like certain people with like their cars that just have like whale like <laughs> so that's Dude. something yeah. you can look into okay or yeah. uh sun city arizona the great llama chase need i say more the great llama chase it went on for hours hours it's two llamas just escaped from the petting zoo and nobody could catch them for uh, like hours it was live so musical yeah so two llamas fast-paced it's fun it's frantic yeah, it's hilarious. It, just, it was frantic and sun city is like an old folks like <laughs> residential area so they're in their golf carts just going about two miles an hour trying to find these two llamas these darn kids are yeah. like oh wait it's just llamas <laughs> whales and llamas so they're like my go. going to dementia it's like, oh, is that real? Sun City. That I mean, that's a, that's a good that's yeah. a good city name for a song. Sun, Sun city. city and a llama chase. And a llama chase. Yeah. The great those, llama those chase. The sound musical just as words. <laughs> Two thousand fifteen. Yeah, we watched it in class. It was live. We <laughs> <laughs> just turned it on. <laughs> like stop. Of what year? Two thousand fifteen, I think. The so. llama chase of twenty fifteen. <laughs> 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 See, it's already. Like, You're like trotty. As <laughs> like a. Mark. Yeah. Like a, yeah, like hooves on the sidewalk. Exactly. <laughs> so. Wow. And some awesome. spitting sounds. That's exactly how llamas yeah. sound. I'm glad we started something. <laughs> this is awesome. No. Uh, what's your advice for anybody starting in music or, or wanting to get into it? Yeah. Well, for, for music, um, I mean, you, if you love music, I would, I would yeah. go into it. Yeah. You gotta love it. Mm -hmm. Music's hard. It's a lot of hours. Yeah. Uh, so, some people actually come to our department, actually a lot of people have had dozens of conversations with people who show up and want to major in music or minor in music and have never made music in their life, actually, you know, want to major in piano performance or something like that. And uh, that's kind of the equivalent of like me walking up, like going to BYU Provo and saying I want to major in quarterback. You know, so <laughs> let me on the team. Cause, is that a major? Because, you know, I've never been quarterback. I've never played football, but, you know, yeah. that's, what's, that's what college is for, right? right. Put me on the team, coach. Um, and so you really have to love music uh, to, to, to get in, to, to really get into it and, and get serious. You know, if you want to, if you want to actually major in music, there yeah. will be a lot of classes that challenge you a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, you might say, ah, I don't love music enough. <laughs> Yeah, like Not the intense much. theory and stuff. Yeah, some intense history. theory and music history. Yeah. All of which I actually, if I didn't already, I, I really grew to love it. Like medieval music, Gregorian chant. Really? It's like 
one of the most beautiful things in the whole world to me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm like, when I was a kid, it had zero appeal to me. I mean, I thought it was a <laughs> bunch of monks why. I mean. in robes just singing stuff and banging their head with wood, like in the Monty Python movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, just, I just love music enough to where I think that's just like amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but, but if you're in music and you want to like create songs, I, I mean, a lot of it is just finding the thing that inspires you. Mm-hmm. Like in this case, it was news articles, but for other pieces, it's been animals. Like I watch, uh, I, wrote a, I wrote a suite of pieces about um, animals in the aquarium in Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, and penguins are so quirky when they walk, yeah. and they're a completely different animal <laughs> when they're underwater. Underwater, they're like missiles, you know. Yeah, beautiful. And, uh, and then this extremely slow-moving sea dra- a leafy sea dragon, mm-hmm. you know, just like mm-hmm. moves through the darkness. It has to be in, in darkness, and it, and it moves about, you know one millionth of a mile an hour and you can hardly believe that a thing even exists and so those things are all there you'd say they're extra musical meaning outside yeah. of music but they're they they really ignite music in me yeah so um find something that's wonderful to you and that causes you to feel awe and then go get creative about it that's what i would say yeah yeah why awesome. do you think that these are fringe topics in music i guess because everything you know it's like oh like a breakup like that's like the stereotypical like song that happens or like pop music it's always based around like either getting money or like love like why do you feel like it's i don't know too exclusive like i feel like you're just opening topics well yeah i feel like you're opening it up to new things like these birds and you know like these mayan archaeology yeah so so uh in the songwriting class we offer here we, we look at uh we do six or seven different um song concepts as far as like lyric concepts and uh, we find that, uh, I, I think that the most common song is just a first person song sung by somebody about their real feelings. And uh, that's just the easiest to do. You know, like you would just say, how do you feel? Oh, I feel, I feel lonely and I miss you and I want to see you and give you a hug. <laughs> you know, and, and so there's my song, <laughs> you know, and that was super easy. Yeah. And, uh, it was just sung from my perspective, but uh, sometimes you have to step outside of yourself to write a song as if you're a different character. Like here in Nigel, I, I stepped sort of outside of myself and became a concrete bird. How do I feel there, you know? And uh, and, and go read about archaeologists and, and, and sing about them. So they're not anything that's already by default a part of me. So I guess stepping outside of yourself and doing it is great. Um, Sting pop stars, rock star, actually mm-hmm. found the same thing. Uh, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, he used to be a prolific songwriter and put, it, put out CD after CD of, of original music. And finally, in the, in the early 2000s, he, he came to a point where he just stopped feeling inspired. <laughs> and he just stopped writing songs. And he didn't write a single song for 10 years. Interesting. Like, done. Just done. Yeah. He couldn't. He felt like he couldn't. That's wow. weird. There was no more inspiration. It had dried up. It's like the yeah. romantic poets. Have you heard that? Every like genius stopped at like thirty. Yeah, they and couldn't you, you write look back anymore. and you say, "Ah, oh, what genius I had back then." Yeah, but, and they couldn't do it. Um, but uh, um, Sting then got approached by by a, a Broadway producer who said, "We want you to write a new musical. Would you do it?" And he eventually said yes, he would. And it was supposed to be a musical about his hometown, this little tiny coastal town, shipping town in England, southern mm-hmm. England. And he said it was the most liberating musical experience of, of his life to step outside of himself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the inspiration in you. You don't have to feel feelings that are worth singing about. 
What about I become that ship captain and I sing from inside him? Or what if I become the wife who is all alone and scared and uh, hurting because her husband is a sailor at sea for 11 months out of the year and she doesn't know if he'll ever come back alive. You never just see him, you know? Yeah. And so, so he sings, so he wrote songs from their perspectives and he said the music just came flowing, just gushing out of him and, uh, and just like reawakened something inside of him. All because he was willing to step outside of himself and, and look at life from someone else's perspective. And then it became really easy. So I guess that would be the first answer that comes to my head about why so many songs are kind of the same because the default easiest thing is just to say what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And when you're a teenager and you're in your 20s and whatever, you know, you, you feel things that other people are feeling too and you just sing it and people say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then mm-hmm. la- later on your feelings get more complex and messy and, and, and life gets messy and beautiful and amazing and harder to describe and you sometimes step outside yourself and discover that that's, that really speaks to you. Wow. Awesome. We sure. can be done. Because i got to teach at 3.30. Yeah, we, we can wrap can, this up. We can wrap it up. Do you want us to do that, Doe? One second. Oh, Sorry. it's okay. <laughs> All right. i got to catch a flight, so I just need to grab something. Oh, okay. You guys are doing great. Are you doing okay? Are you going to make it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when people I'll say, i got to catch a flight, it's like, <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> Run. <laughs> that's a good note to end on. I yeah, like. I think that's great. Really brought it home. This is like way better than I thought the other one was gonna go, by the way. Like, I just, this is way cool. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. Actually, we have to. Yeah, I was really excited about it. Yeah. I'm glad you emailed us late last night and changed it. Cool. It's awesome. I felt kind of bad about it, but I was like, I'm no. gonna send it anyway. It's okay. We're good no. on the fly. We're it's good. all right. Yeah. Like, uh, the person before this, she just canceled like yesterday just because, like, something about her daughter and her getting sealed because she's like getting married, all this stuff. Like, There's crazy. supposed to be another one today? Yeah, yeah. before. But. So. Next week. You're the star today, so <laughs> we'll just wrap it up. Are you ready, Doe? Right. Well, thanks for coming on and letting us hear your music and letting us pick your brain. So My pleasure to be here and share this music. Thanks for tuning in. This was the Zeno Podcast. You can stay updated by following our Facebook and Instagram pages at Zeno Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by BYU-Hawaii's Reading Writing Center. You can also find us on YouTube or iTunes or by searching Xeno Podcast. That's X-E-N-O Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at podcastzeno at gmail.com. Thanks for learning by listening.